You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome to another episode of Friday Night Joy, amen, on When Christmas Beat Talk Radio, amen. I'm Reverend Ray. Today I'm excited about having Bishop Joe Lawrence Pierce with us, amen. He's the author of, of several books, but one of the books that um, I've been reading up on is called Love That Endures. Bishop, how you doing today? God is good. Uh, Pastor Ray, he's good. I'm just yeah, excited yeah, about this opportunity good. to share God's love. Amen. Well, like I said, we are definitely excited about definitely excited about having you on. Uh, I know you're going to be a blessing uh, and everything. And uh, I, I thought I've been reading over your bio, and you're a very good man. I've done a lot of different things. You know, God is good. And so, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. I want to. We all have some te- technical difficulties there for in the studio, so I ask everyone that's listening. Uh, through the studio or through social media, just to bear with me. Amen. But um, if you ever do have to call into the show, please dial in at 646-478-0660. Again, 646-478-0660. And uh, please, by all means, you can share this on the different social media sites or, or whatever. But we, let's go ahead and open up in prayer, and uh, we're going to do a couple of quick announcements, and then we're going to move it from there. Amen. Father God, we thank you. For what you're doing today, God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, God, and being clothed in our right mind. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are doing, God. We thank you for every breath that we take. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your love, Lord Jesus. We thank you for how you have brought us a mighty long way. We thank you, God, when we look back over our life, God, and wonder how in the world we, we made it through. And we know for a fact no one by you but you. And nobody but you, and we are grateful today, God. We're in a place of being grateful today with you, God. We pray and we thank you for Bishop um, Fields yes. joining us today, Lord Jesus. You know his private prayers. They don't want us to know about it, except for you and him, God. We pray, God, that you, God, will continue to bless him in his coming in and going out, God. We give this broadcast to you because you get all the glory, God. You get all the glory. You get all the honor, God. You get all the praise, God. You know what someone is in need of today, God. We pray, God, that with the man of God, speak, Lord, to that yokes will be broken, God. Strongholds will come down, God. Uh, uh, relationships will be healed, Lord, Jesus, not because of him, but because of the spirit of you, Jesus Christ, is in him, God. We pray today, God, that all across the world, the different listeners and different nations, God, that they will be blessed today, God, that they will be encouraged today, God. That they will know to hold on and not give up and believe in you. We trust you. We believe you. We love you, God. And we are sure, Lord Jesus, that we're our foundation laid. So this broadcast, God, it's all about you. We give it to you in the name of Christ Jesus, our resurrected Savior. And we say amen and amen and amen. 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 So again, Bishop, I want to thank you for joining us today. Amen. You wrote a book, uh, several books, and we're going to talk about that. But the one that I know about is Love That Endures, man. And uh, what I want to do uh, right now, you send me, <laughs> you know, you know, you send me this barrier, y'all. This is this stuff about, like, it looked like about three or four pages, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I will say that he was a senior chief petty officer of the United States Navy for 20 years. And then um, he uh, he worked at the University of Phoenix as a, as an MBA facility for four years, um, and he accepted new, the, the, accepted a new position in 20, 2009 in the, within the Department of Navy. Has written five books with, that I sold in stores, and I, and I think when I talked to him last week, you can correct me. You can get those books on Amazon.com or on some of the different places. Am I correct? Right, Amazon. Yeah, I can. You can okay. Um, he, yeah, he has earned a, a degree in the, theological studies and a master's in human and resource management and a master's in theological studies. I just read that a master's divinity and is currently working on a doctorate in pastoral leadership. Uh, Bishop Phipps currently resides 
and white pants matter with his wife, Teresa Biz. So, again, Bishop, we are uh, uh, just excited about you being here, man. And um, what we're going to do right now, just tell us, before we even get into the book, tell us a little bit about you. I know it's just getting ready to tell us about more, some more, more personal things about you. <laughs> well, okay. some more things about me is that um, I I came, I have a love for the Lord. That's that's the number one thing okay. um, why I do what I do is because um, when I was a kid, um, my grand, my great grandmother had just passed, and back in those days, uh, believe it or not, I'm sure some people may not understand this, but the the bodies were brought to the what we call the living room in our, in the home for the wake, and it was that special room that I, that we had back in those days. No one can go in there but adults, but it was always covered with stuff. So, but they would put the bodies in there, and I remember my grandmother was in there. And I was just so afraid and. My Aunt Louise, I said, well, where is she at? She's not moving. I remember asking her, and I didn't understand what death was at that time, and she explained to me, you know, she went to be with with Jesus, told me that. And she started telling me, you know, Jesus, you can live forever. You can be in heaven. And I was just so fascinated from that time about Jesus. I wanted to know more, and and from right there, that seed was planted in my heart. And as I grew up my whole life, I was uh, pretty much focused on God. Um, and to this day, I, that's, that's what I'm about. But I've done things. I've, I pastored um, over when I was overseas. I was a, like a pastor for like 14 years in a uh, church that it just it grew really, really big. <laughs> we, we started with like 35 people, and then it went to a couple of hundred people. And uh, it was really nice. It was a, an amalgamation of different cultures. You know, we had Italian, we had Spanish, we had different um, communities from the African people, um, uh, Canadians. And I got a chance to be, I, I understood what diversity was when I was, you know, when I learned how to speak to different people. Because when I came, I came with a with my own mindset, if you understand what I'm saying. When I came from America to, while I was still in the Navy, and took over at, at the, as a pastor over there, I remember I had my own little thoughts about, you know, how to minister. But uh, seeing all those different people taught me, you know, um, God is, is, is much bigger than our theology. And um, people people need love. So that's what I, that's what really, um, you know, what God had put in me as a kid, I was able to share it with other people. And it was, I guess, he it was effective because a lot of people began to come. So I'm just so grateful for that. And now I, I kind of, I'm on Facebook, working on Facebook, trying to share the love of Christ. Amen. Yeah, I uh, I saw the uh, a few of your videos that you do on Facebook Live, and and, and um, they mm-hmm. they are definitely some awesome, awesome words and everything, and uh, that is definitely one of the ways that we uh, we uh, we uh, try to get the word out to people, man. You know, a lot of people unfortunately think that Facebook, uh, that some of the social media sites, it's got a lot of junk on there. But what our tactic is to put put Jesus on there. So I, I I commend you and thank you uh, for doing that. And looking forward to hearing some more of your the, the word that God has given you uh, through faith, through social media. Amen. Uh, now I want, what I want to do real quick is to be I want to talk about you written five books. I don't know I know about the one, but tell me about the five books that you've written. Well, I've written a book. Uh, my my very first book was entitled Visions and Dreams because God, you know, would always show me visions when I was a kid. I, I didn't understand them. I thought I was crazy. <laughs> my mother thought I was crazy. And my aunt, and they used to say, wait a minute, what's wrong with Joe? They used to sit me down, and I would say, I saw this man in front of me, and he had a white robe on. And I remember they would say, oh, Lord, this boy's, you know, kind of a little loose. And um, I didn't want to see that stuff, but it just would have happened. As you know, I, you know, and to this very day, it continues to happen. So I, yeah. I learned to keep things to myself. But the first book I wrote was it's called Visions and Dreams, and it was um, book of my visions that I had. I, I wrote them in the book. One of my professors, I was, I was this. This was my first theology, theology class, and Dr. Singletary. He sat me down. He says, Joe, you want to write a book? I'm going to help you. And he helped me write my first book. 
and it was entitled Visions and Dreams. Wow. And from there, I wrote another book on prayer. It is called Touching God Through Travelling Prayer. I was When I was in the military, and if those who are in military, you know, when it's time to get promotions, you know, um, you you pray and you want you want to get promotions, and I remember uh, I studied really hard at one point. I studied for this particular season of my life, and I didn't get promoted. And um, it was it was very hurtful because I thought I you know I you know I made it. I thought I was going to make it, but I didn't. And I remember the Lord just impressed in my heart to continue to pray, and I did. And lo and behold, nobody, I was on board a ship at the time, and nobody on board made it. I began to ask people, and they said, nobody made it. I'm like, wait a minute, something's not right. And I kept praying, I went with my family, I kept praying, and they lost our test. And I was travelling before the Lord because I wanted the promotion. And when it came out, I was promoted. They they found the test, and they um, my my captain of the ship he commended me for my efforts and my what I was doing, and lo and behold, I made it. So we can touch God. That's what that book is about: is touching God through tribulation prayer. If you if you if it's, it all boils down is how bad do you want it? If you want it bad enough, God will give it to you. But you gotta you have to press. Wow. And um. I don't know. The next book I wrote was called um, You Can Say, You Can Have What You Say. That's what it is. You Can Have What You Say. And um, in that book, I was once sick, and uh, I remember going to the doctor, and they told me that um, I was really, I was having, you know, I was fainting, I was uh, weak, I was having sharp pains all throughout my body. And I remember. I was about 20, I don't know how I was at the time, about 20-something years old in my early 20s. And I remember going to the doctor, and they told me, well, we got to run these blood tests. And when I came back, they, the doctor told me, this is what we see. And it was something similar to leukemia cells or whatever. And I remember I was just weakened when he told me this. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know. Um, it, it, it You know, if you understand what I'm saying? Whenever you get some bad news, it cripples you. It paralyzes you. And I didn't know what to say. And, you know, and I didn't even tell my wife or kids. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell anybody. And um, I remember this preacher, this evangelist came through our church and he preached, you know, that if you believe it, you can receive it. And I remember this particular scripture in Luke where if you confess and you believe, you can receive it. And that's what I did. And I, I prayed to God so hard. And um, I wasn't trying to manipulate him. I just told him things because he had shown me a vision that is yet to come to pass. And I, I remember telling the Lord, Lord, if I die, that vision you showed me is not going to happen. And I remember uh, just praying and, and just you know, crying out to God, and, and then he, he let me know because his spirit came upon me one morning. I had never encountered the spirit of God. I was a new believer. I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was really new, but I had never had the presence of God sit down on me. I'd never had that. You know, I saw people in my church. We were attending a Baptist church when I was a kid, and I would see people shouting and, you know, all that, and that would scare me half to death. But uh, in this instance, I never knew that God's spirit would come to you like this and I remember I was lying on my bed and I, it, all of a sudden just, just something something overshadowed me it was like I can't explain it it was just like the heat going throughout my it was permeating my body and it was so powerful that I'm like wow and and then all of a sudden my mind clicked this is this is the whole this is the presence of the Holy Spirit you know because I, I was trying to figure out what's going on am I dying because it was so powerful that I was getting weak, really weak, when he sat down on me. But he was healing me, and I didn't, I didn't understand that at the time. But he was healing me. The power of the Holy Spirit was sitting down on me, and he literally he healed me. And I remember um, 
the most important thing I tell Christians today, you know, a lot of young folks in the church, they get excited and, you know, they like the music, but it, it wasn't about the music, even though I heard just like, uh, um, I don't know, like hundreds of, I guess they were angels. I could just hear this, them, they were singing. It was so harmonized. While this was happening to me, I heard the most beautiful choir, like, and I can't remember to this day what they were saying, but it was it, it just was so powerful at that moment. And I remember this heat that's going throughout my body. And the one thing that I always tell people is that, man, God is holy. I felt I felt like, man, I can't move. You know, it's like I felt that I understood what holy meant, what it meant to be holy before God. And I wrote this book, You Can Have What You Say, because I experienced it. Because when I went back to the doctor three days later, I did all the blood tests I had done before, and the doctor looked at me after he he got his results. He called me, and he said, "You need to get in here right now, and we need to run more blood tests." And I remember I went back, and uh, I did all the same thing. It was like eight different blood things they did for me, and he did it again, and he called me back again, and then I remember. I was kind of getting nervous at the time because I'm like, what's going on? But I was still having faith because I know God had touched my body. And when I went back to the doctor, he, he was just scratching his head. He was one of those doctors that really into science because he says, I don't understand this. You see these right here? Uh, I, was a, I was a seaman in the Navy at the time. He said, seaman fears, do you see this? You see these results? These show cancer cells all throughout your body. But this over here, do you see this? It's nothing there. I don't understand. How could this be? I had to run it a couple of times just to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind. And he says, and I just say, well, I believe God healed me. And and he just kind of looked off like, oh. you know, and after that, that's why I wrote, that's how that book was birthed, because I experienced the very presence of God over me. And he, he is a healer, and he will heal people today. Wow. That's awesome, um, Bishop. Listening to you, I, I can relate to the healing part. Amen. And um, I thank God for the healing. You know, a lot of times uh, when we are going through certain things, we we uh, don't understand it. You know, but all that means is that God ain't finished with us yet, and He got more to do. He's not more finished. With us. He's not finished with us, so we can't give up. We got to hold on. That definitely. Uh, the, the book that you have talked about in the writing, you have done, it's definitely for someone uh, that 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 uh, that's out there right now that's listening. Um, again, uh, give us the. I know you said they, they can get it on Amazon.com. What about Amazon, the place can, Amazon, they can get it directly from me. Um, I can, uh, I have a web page, but uh, yeah. well, you know what I can do is I can give it to you. Um, before we get off, I can give it to you. And I had one more book that I wrote. I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. It was my, it was a bestseller. Um, okay. I wrote it right before nine one one happened, and it's filled with. It's another book about visions, but it's, the the book is entitled "The Final Call for the Rapture." And in that book, I'm talking about a mirror of different things that are going on in the church. But I wrote that one. Uh, when the Lord was really moving on me, and uh, that was right before the attack. And I had said some things in the book that it came to pass, and people were buying the book like crazy all over. And it was so busy, that I, and I was on the ship. My mom had my books, and I was on the ship. We was deployed, and um, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get the, the sales because it was just too many. It, over, it overwhelmed her, and we pretty much had, I had to, call Amazon and, and shut it down. And so I missed that window, but it was a bestseller. It was selling a lot of books. It sold a lot. And I donated all the funds to the ministry that I was in at the time over in Italy. Okay. All right. All right. Well, yeah, that means I guess I got to go and uh, download that one too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. I mean, uh, do you have anything else that you're working on as far as writing and anything like that? Well, I'm writing a book about the. I'm writing. I'm working on two books. I've been working on one for quite a while, but one I'm working on now is like this uh, seven indictments that that God has against the church, and then I haven't got a title for it, but it's the seven things that I see that the church to be doing in America in this hour, and um, and it's not really happening on a regular basis, 
And then the the, the other book is uh, Will the Real Church Stand Up? So I'm kind of simultaneously going back and forth and um, writing all these books. Okay. All right. Tell me mm-hmm. um, a little bit more uh, what you can about love that endures. Well, this book was brought about because of some of the fractures that was in my marriage. Um, you know, we all have, when we first get married, we all have our dreams and our hopes. And um, and the Bible says, um, in, in a person's own eyes, their ways are always right. So none of us readily see our own flaws because we come into relationships with our own agenda and how we have painted in our mind, how society may have painted in our mind about what 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 relationships are and what real love is. And in this book, one of the, it was just one of the most difficult times of my life because my life had really come apart. And um, I don't know if you know what it is. I'm sure you do that, you know, when, when you're talking to God and God has shown you so many different things and you're saying, Lord, this is me. You know, this is happening to me. You know, I love you, God. Now, how can you allow this to happen to me? How can you allow me to be shamed like this? How can you allow me to go in in this direction and let this happen? So, because I thought I had God's love in my heart. I really thought I had uh, enduring love, but I've discovered that I had that normal human love that like everybody else have, you know, is um, phileo. You know, if you, you know, the love, if you do me good, I'll do you good. That kind of, most right. people have that type of love. You know, if you be, these, that's a Greek word, but it, it just basically means, you know, if you love me, I'll love you. If you don't do me wrong, I won't do you wrong. That kind of love. And that's the kind of love I, I didn't think. I thought I had God's love, but God showed me that I lacked his love because my wife and I went through some hard times because in the ministry, like I said, um, we started with like 35 people. And all of a sudden, it just people just start coming. I mean, all different Italians. We had to have translators. It was just... Um, it was just a lot of people coming, and I didn't expect that. You know, I, I didn't expect it to grow so rapidly. I didn't. I thought it was just going to, you know, my biggest concern was, Lord, how am I gonna, how many summers am I going to have to preach? You know, because I didn't know how long this was going to last. And um, it, it, what happened, it went so fast that it, it had an impact on my relationship with my wife because I was mm-hmm. being pulled by, by, you know, by the ministry by you know people are you know people different churches was always calling me wanting me to preach in their in their churches and um of course you know in my mind I'm doing the work of the lord but i also uh, had to be told that you know your first ministry is your family so you need right. to work you can't forget them you get you know, that's your first ministry it's your family if you don't if you lose them you know you can gain the whole world, but man, you lost your family. I learned a great lesson. I learned that what love is, you know, I learned that it's not, um, it's not always about me. In the book, if you read, I'm sure you read through the book. The thing that I I really learned is it's, it's not about me. And um, and your assignment that God gives you will never. Uh, destroy your relationship with your kids and your wife or your family. It won't destroy it in that, and you know it will. It may have to be redefined in some ways because sometimes the call is great on on, on people's lives, but God will never just tell you forget your family because He gave you the family. So, uh, but I I I I had to. My wife and I went through a separation. And I was hurting so bad, really bad. I was hurting, and then we ended up getting divorced for about it was three years we were apart, and in the third year we were divorced. And um, during the time of the book, I was I just was hurting, and and but God was covering me. He he, he was holding me, and he was teaching me. And um, I remember a dream I had about this little. 
just little dogs, just a little cute dog. And, and I know God was telling me that's you. It was a little cute, like a little um, terrier dog. And it was it had broken his leg, and it couldn't get up. And I saw it. It was trying to stand up. And I, when I woke up, I said, Lord, that's me. I know you're telling me that's me. And and uh, when I looked at this little dog in this dream, I was I loved it so much. I could just feel God's love for me. But God sometimes has to break us to really show us. And it wasn't about what people may have thought because during my, you know, us going through these problems, you know, it's never one person anyways. When, when relationships begin to uh, break, you know, have fractures, it's not really one person. And um, always, sometimes it could be, but most of the time when it's, 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 it takes two to drift. And I had drifted from my wife. I had drifted from my family. And I was being pulled by the ministry. And I thought that I was doing the right thing, you know. And um, and I learned that in the process of doing God's work, you can't forget your family. You can't forget those, you know, that are close to you. And um, But I also learned that I didn't have God's love like I thought because right. when my wife and I separated, it was a very humiliating. I was the pastor at this time. We had the largest church in the area, and um, it was devastating. If you can imagine, it was a travesty because it affected the whole community. And people, one thing people do good is they gossip. And, uh, they got yeah. Oh man, they do it really good. You know, they don't even have to be taught. <laughs> they do it so effectively that it sometimes destroys people. And I remember, at up until that point, you know, some of my members they would they would do things and they would think, you know, I was upset. But you know, when you're real, when you have a father like a mother like nature, you don't look at the kids the way they may think you do. Like you disappointed, I was always an encourager, but in this process, it, I was so broken that Joe began to leak with anger and hatred because I would hear so many things that were false about me, things that were not true. Um, it was so it was it was very painful. It's like God was putting me to, through a test in my heart. And I got so lost. Now I didn't. I didn't go into sin or nothing. I, um, I, I, we were separated, and uh, my wife was in the states, and she was just faithfully praying with my kids and other saints that knew us. But the ministry collapsed. It didn't completely collapse, but we lost just a lot of people that left and scattered. It's you know, like the sheep scattered, and I was just so miserable. I, I can't even put it in words. Even as I'm talking about it now, I, I it was just. Anybody that's ever gone through a divorce, they know what I'm talking about. It was the most it's – like, it's like taking two pieces of paper together and then you try to tear them, and they've already been superglued. That's going to be some pain. It's going to be some serious pain. Emotional, I was emotional. I was uh, depressed for about two and a half, three years. I mean, really depressed. I, I can't even put it in words. And I, was, I, got, I began to get bitter with God. And I, I, here's the crazy part. I kept preaching. I was still preaching in the church, and I'm thinking, God, I, I'm fired. I don't want to do this no more. But I quit, and then the, the folks said, you, we need you, Pastor. We don't have nobody. And so I kept doing it, And um, but I had bitterness in my heart at the people. And I began to I, – I, you know, and I'm one of them people uh, that I'm, I, I just, I'm true. You know, they say to thyself, be true. I, I like to be truthful to myself. And I say, God, I feel this bitterness in my heart. I'm angry with you because I can't believe you've allowed this to happen in my life. You know how much I love you, God. And that's the talk I would have with him for about every day, about three or four or five times a day. I'm like, how could you allow this to happen? How could you allow me to be so shamed in front of my peers, in front of people, in front of society, and I know I love you. You know I love you, God. And I said, why did you do this? And I had this bishop, and she told me, she said, son, 
And this was some consolation at the time, but it didn't take away the pain because when you're hurting, you're hurting. You just, it's just deep. Right. And I remember telling uh, she t- her telling me, she said, son, God picked you to be picked on because he knew that he, he knew you do love him. And he's using you as an example. And sometimes the more you love him, the more he'll use you. And she says, when you told me when you first met me, I want the Lord to use me. And he says, son, you didn't give him any stipulations. You can't tell God, well, don't send liars. Don't send backstabbers. But God will send you into the solution you need so he can develop you into the person he wants you to be. And she told me that. I'm like, whoa. That's why I don't say, God, give me more love because, boy, he'll put you through, you know. So I remember, I don't, I don't, some days I've learned not to pray about it. I just say, Lord, do what you need to do. But I'm not going to just volunteer because I know he will sometimes put you through some situations. And um, I remember when I was at my lowest, she told me that it it strengthened me, but I still was hurting. I was still depressed. And I was dealing with the emotion of anger and, and, and bitterness. And for the life of me, for the first time, I could not understand. I'm saying, God, I love you, but my insides are bitter. It was a conflict that I'd never come to because I had never been, you know, how some people can can be sheltered from certain things. You know, they can judge, you know, the prostitutes, or they can judge the person that's dealing with homosexuality. They're struggling with that spirit on them, and they and they tend to bash those type of people, or they bash the woman that's got five kids, and you know. So, so God let me experience pain that I'd never experienced before, and through that pain, I began to, I began to see me, and I didn't. I'm like, God, this is terrible, because I knew in my intellect it was wrong. But I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't get rid of the anger I had towards people. I I couldn't get rid of the bitterness I had towards God because he has all power, and he didn't have to allow that to happen to me. But I wouldn't tell God with my words, but I I could feel it, and he knew it. So I kind of like said, God, you see what's in me. I need this to get out of me. And um, he sent me a sister named uh, Bonnie Davis. And she was a little rough. Her, I call her mom, mummy, because man, they, they were like giving me the rope of dope because they wouldn't let me dwell in my bitterness. They would tell me, "Can't do this. You need to be strong." And um, but as I went through the process, I discovered, and that's when I began to write these chapters. As I went, because what really started was a couple of years before, you know, and I didn't know this guy named Michael. He was a uh, paranoid schizophrenic, and he told me, he said, "You are going to go to God's whipping board." And I'm at the time I'm trying to figure out, like, what's he talking about whipping board? I had Apostle Edwards with me, and a brother named Lacey, and we were in St. Louis doing a revival. And I'm like, he started really, you know, really started. And he says, you are going to go to God's whipping board. And he says, God has given me a gift in you. He says, God says he will greatly use you in this life. He will use you, but he will first put you through the whipping board. And I had no clue what he meant by the whipping board. If, did you read that? You, you got to read that chapter, right? Uh, whipping board. Um, so no, actually, I, I, did, I did. Go ahead. Yeah, but and, and the whipping board is about, you know, what Jesus was on the whipping board. I didn't know that. What Apostle Ed would say, no. You remember when Jesus was on the whipping board, and and when he told me this, I'm thinking this guy's a little crazy. I, I don't really think he knows what he's talking about, you know. But he he he, he, he prophesied to me that night, the very first night okay. I was there. He started prophesying. And his pastor told me, oh, he hears God. When he tells you something, believe it. And this is, I'm still in the process. I hadn't, you know, I was just by myself. I was lonely. I was hurting. I was trying to do a work of God, but he, this guy spoke to me. And when I went back, I, I, I had this crazy dream being laid on the board. And I didn't know 
still didn't know what it was, but my friend told me the whipping board, the whipping board that Jesus went to when they when they whipped him, that's what he was talking about. And mm-hmm. it was so painful. It was like a whipping board. You know, I mean, and uh, but he showed me love hurts. He was he took me through all the different chapters. Every chapter I wrote, every chapter I wrote in that book, I I wrote about my pain and what I was experiencing at the, at the different times. You know, I, I wrote a chapter that love hurts. And um, because when you really love like God, and God, what God was teaching me how to love like him, that's what he was doing in me, and, you know. And um, he was teaching me how to love like him, and I didn't know how to love. I thought I did, but I was loving just like everybody else, like most people. Until they get challenged, they think they're okay. You know, if, right, you, you right. know, and if God doesn't chastise you, the Bible says He doesn't love you. So I'm thinking, well, Lord, why you, you know, give me a break, Lord. I, I thought I loved you. I was trying my best, but God showed me my flaws, and He showed me some things that He wanted to work on, and He showed me that love hurts because sometimes, you know, you can be right, and you have to be quiet. And 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 just let something go. Let let just take take the loss for the moment to win the crown. You know. So I had to learn that. He took me through that because I I I, I had to deal with different people on my job at the same time while I was going through all of this, and um, I was hurting so bad. And uh, and I kept telling God with my words, I love you, God. But in my heart, I was so angry with God for. for for chastising me, for for, but he wanted me to bear more fruit, and you know, and and that's what I didn't understand at the time. It, it was so painful, you know. Um, I thought he was felt like he was about to bury me because I thought I was right. going to lose my mind. To be honest with you, I I really thought I was going to lose my mind because I, I I couldn't sleep. I um, and by his grace, he gave me a job as a professor at the time, and um. For the first four or five months, paycheck, and I didn't even have to work. And I, I couldn't understand that one. That, was, that that should have been a clue. After looking back, I'm like, God, that was you. Because I couldn't, I wasn't stable enough. You know, I was just barely preaching. And uh, I was wounded. I was ministering wounded. But God, he, he kept me. He kept me through the process. And he showed me that love hurts. It's going to hurt to love like me. It's going to hurt you. But you still got to keep going. You got That's why I call it. This is a faith walk, son. He was teaching me this. He was showing me it's a faith walk. You don't have to feel it, you know. This little thing, and that's when I really discovered that love is not a feeling. You know, right. it's not a feeling. I learned through that process that it hurts and it doesn't feel good. Love doesn't always. It it, it doesn't feel good. It just doesn't. It's uh, when you see love, you may get a inspiration. You may feel something good, but that that's not the love. That's just the um, effects of sin and act. Like Christ on the cross was an ugly situation. It was a horrible situation. It was very painful, but it was love, and it hurt. And that's what he showed me about, you know, love. And and then he showed me that uh, I think I wrote a chapter about the qualifier. He qualifies us. He because a lot of times God will authenticate you, and that's what He showed me. I'm 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 qualifying you now. I remember right. I told in the book I was talking about when I was running track in school, you had to qualify in the morning and you ran at night for the you know for the prize. And if you didn't qualify that morning, you couldn't run that night for whatever event you were trying to qualify for. So God, He He will sometimes authenticate us. And and kind of like go ahead. Yeah, real quick, real quick, Bishop. And I'm I'm listening to you, and the, and what I'm thinking is that um, sometimes that 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 that's called what I call a pruning process. You know, where you like if you have mm-hmm. a plant or whatever, and he began to um, cut away things that are dead off of you. You know, and that hurts. Or uh, in the scripture, it talks about. Uh, that I think it was a, a tree or something like that, and they wanted to cut mm-hmm. in the scripture in the New Testament. They wanted to cut it down, but uh, the scripture, the, the, the guy said, "Let me dig around it." <laughs> you know, right. uh, yeah. let me dig around it, <laughs> and it, 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 it produced 
juice is fruit or whatever. And sometimes, and let me put right. dig around it and put some stuff around it, you know. And um, um, and sometimes we got to go through some major things, man, to produce more fruit, mm-hmm. like we said earlier. So yeah, man, mm-hmm. you um, um, I'm looking looking at you, looking through your book and listening to your testimony. Definitely had to go through that. A lot of times, what we go through is not necessary for us. We get the benefits, but for somebody else, you know. To someone else to yeah. see, God did it for him. He can do it for me too. So, uh, I, I, teacher, we we got about forty minutes. Uh, what what I want to ask you now? What I want you to do for me, okay, uh, Mister Mister? There might be a, a pastor out there. Uh, I may be married and everything like that, and maybe it's about to go through, or go actually going through uh, something similar. Maybe not. Um, all the details that you went through, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, for me, as a pastor, because he gave me a pastor's heart, and right. man, uh, as a pastor, you're going to um, you're going to get shot at all kind of angles, and you you have to be above. You have to pull yourself up above the situation that you face, and look to God. That's the one thing that I'll tell any pastor is that you can't wallow in anything. You have to pull yourself up using the word, using fellowship, using prayer, using music, using fasting, using prayer to pull yourself beyond the moment that you're feeling. Because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to get stagnant in that place so he can just punch you like a punching bag and get you depressed so you will be ineffective. So I I challenge you and I tell you You've got to pull yourself up. You've pulled yourself above the situation because you are not your situation. You are just passing through a situation because God is using this moment to develop you. That's what he's doing. He's doing an inside job. My bishop always said it's an inside job. He's working on your heart because man's whole problem is a heart problem. And when you're going through hurt and you're going through pain, you just got to know that God never lost a fight. I don't know if it's a marriage. I don't know if, if it's your church is all against you. I don't know if it's um other pastors conspiring against you or you got a, a church split that's about to happen. You don't know what to do. I am telling you, when you don't know what to do, bend your knees. Get low. Just get low. Because when, when smoke, when, when the devil tries to smoke you out, you go low. That's what they tell you when you're in a, in a smoke-filled room. Get low. And you get low on your knees, and you intercede, and you pray. And God will God will do something because he did it for me. But you love those people. You love them no matter what. Don't don't let them, because the enemy, what, what, what I believe God was through me, the enemy wanted to look at, wanted to tell God, Joe doesn't really love you. Look how you sheltered him his whole life. He's really never had a major battle. In fact, you see how he judged people in his heart. And I did. I was judging people. But, man, I learned. So even Mm -hmm. though you may be going through a situation, you just got to know that God is who he says he is and that God will see you through, and you got to love them. My bishop said when I took over as a pastor, she said, son, it's four things you got to do. And I speak this to all the pastors, and you got to remember this. The first thing you got to do, love has to be your foundation. What, why are you doing what you're doing? Because it's not an easy job. If we read the story of Moses, Moses went through. He went through for 40 years dealing with those stiff-necked, stubborn people. But Moses' foundation was love. He really loved those people. He would fall down on his knees and say, Lord, kill me, move me, but spare the people. There were times. And she says, if you can't take it, she said, you got to be able to take it because if you can't take it, you won't make it. She said, you right. got to be able to take it because if it's not, if it's about you, if it's, if you want to, if you want to have a, a annual anniversary while you're in it, then the devil will, he will, he will, he will beat you down and he will, he will move you because your purpose is not aimed with God's goal. These are things he will show you in these moments when you're going through. When you're having these problems, God can shut them all down. But what he showed me is the reason he allowed all these problems is because he wanted to let me know and he wanted to show me who he was in my life and that I don't have to worry about nothing. And if he created the scenario, 
He says, okay, this is how much you can do with Joe Satan, and that's it, because this is what I want to get out of him. Satan wants to destroy us in our process, but God is building us and, and fulfilling purpose through us. And then she said, she said, if you don't fast, you won't last. You got to fast. Some things don't stop but by fasting and prayer. Jesus said that. And the fourth thing she told me, she said, son, as a pastor, a man of God, if you don't pray, you won't stay in it. The devil will wear you out. He will grind on your life. He will use your wife. He will use your kids. He will use your congregation. He will use the choir. He will act up in the choir. He will act wherever he can distract you. But if you keep your your feet firm on love and you keep seeing those people through the eyes of love and you continue to pray to God, God will turn that thing around. That's my encouragement that I have to pastors that may be uh, going through some situations. Right, right. Hey, and uh, um, I'm going to say we'll probably add to that too. That um, when I look at the status and uh, reports, there are a lot of preachers and ministers, ministers that are actually going through some form of depression. Um, and mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, we have a lot. You know, we hear about this all the time on the news that um, they commit suicide or uh, they stop preaching or, or or whatever the case may be. But um, I guess my concern is is with that. Um, like you, I have a a concern for pastors uh, being a a, pre, a, pre, a preacher's kid <laughs> and, yes. and having a, a family full of, of pastors and. And, and so forth and everything, and, and um, sharing what they go through, uh, just with their not counting the members uh, that they uh, it, uh, problems and trials and tribulations, but just their own stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my mm-hmm. my uh, previous pastor always used to say, he said, "Hey, I'm just mud from the mud pile." You know, I'm not different than you. Than, than you, I put mm-hmm. on my pants the same, like like most men do. Mm-hmm. I have my name like everybody else do. That's right. <laughs> You know, uh, and what, unfortunately, we live in a time that uh, we uh, some not all, but sometimes have put uh, preachers or pastors on a, a pedestal that they don't belong on. You know, and so that when they do fall or they do make a mistake, uh, uh, we are ready to crucify them and everything. So the prayer becomes, okay, God, give us a like you say, give us a loving heart, give us a heart that endures, give us that kind of love that endures. And everything. So I'm I'm grateful, man. What we want to do right now, we got about uh, uh, 15 minutes left, or so. But I don't want to take away um, um, for what God has given you. I mean, you have spoken a lot, and I, I pray that the people of God um, is being blessed. You know, and uh, and eat this, eat eat the, eat chew the cut on this one. You know, uh, chew the cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a cow does, you put it in your mouth and they chew it and they. Um, they swallow it and they bring it back up and and, and chew it some more until they get all the juices out of it. Um, there's a lot of different things that you are saying that uh, the, the the men and women of God, uh, people God need to hear. So what I want to do real quick is that I do want to give you um, um, any more uh, words of encouragement that you'd like to share to the listeners, amen, um, that you want to do. And then well, what we'll do um, after you do that is that, uh, that we'll let you uh, close out in prayer. And um, mm-hmm. then after we close out in prayer, I'll do it now. So we, but I just wanted that you have the final words and everything like that. Okay. Yes. Um, I just want to say to pastors that are battling depression, because I did, you got to have somebody to talk to. You right. really do. Uh, I don't want to over-spiritualize everything and, and act like we're giants and we just endured. You need mm-hmm. counsel. You need somebody that you can pour your heart out to. Um, that you can do some confession with, somebody that you can trust, somebody that you can show your nakedness to and that won't, you won't hear about it in the streets or you won't, you know, you need that type of somebody and, and that is, that's critical because being a pastor, like your pastor said, it's very difficult. I've done it. I did it in the worst conditions. I've done it with poor people and um, it was difficult. I've done it in a, a, a very difficult situation, but God gave us great success because I, I really believe that um, you got to have right people around you and the right things in place, but you've you got to have somebody to talk to when you're hurting because we're humans and Satan will attack. He'll send demon, demonic spirits 
to just play a, like a broken record in a pastor's mind, and you got to get someone that you can that you can talk with. Because for me, when I was going through, I remember that I was so isolated. I was hurting so bad, and I couldn't tell anybody. That's the thing about right. pastors. We don't have a lot of people we can talk to because as minute you tell them you got a problem, people begin to gossip and, and, and share your, your your personal life, and it is almost debilitating. It, it's, it's, it's a very right. sad place. It's a, pastoring is a very lonely place. I've been there. And um, that's why uh, somebody had prophesied to me that I was going to be a a uh, father to pastors because I, I he articulated me in that area and I was and I've been able to help a lot of pastors through their process of brokenness. I've had to uh, I've been afforded that after when I went through I was I've been that's what I've been doing a lot of is just counseling on the phone, telling them some things they could do. But um, I went into that pit and I came out because I kept my eyes on Christ. And but we need counsel. We need people that will get around us. And um, that will help us because we 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 can't do it all by ourselves. We just can't, and it's just a fact. Jesus couldn't do it all by himself. He picked twelve while he was in his flesh. He still needed people, and we need one another. That's why the Bible said, "Don't forsake fellowship." So I would suggest all pastors get one somebody that you can talk to. When I was at my lowest, I'm gonna tell you something I did. I went down to a place in Italy, and the guy didn't speak English. I spoke a broken Italian, and I just poured my heart out to this guy on the street. <laughs> he didn't have a clue what I was saying, but, man, it helped me that day. And that day forward, I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you, and that's what I did. And it's, it's, and I just walked in his love. And there's one more thing I wanted to say about love, too. Because I think it's critical. It's, it's, it's um, three things that God has put in my heart. One is to is to help the church be ready for His coming. And number two is to talk about love and to deal with racial issues because that is something that is uh, destructive in our nation. And I believe it's going to come to a head. But I believe. And what God is showing me, that's gonna it's gonna come to a head. It's gonna be some crazy stuff happen. But through that craziness, through that pain, we're gonna break this thing and this thing of hate. And I believe it's gonna happen. But we gotta love one another. That's the one thing. Uh we gotta ask God to help us get any stuff that's in our heart towards white or toward blacks towards white or white towards black. Because the truth of the matter all over the world, you have you got the Jews that are brothers, and they have the same issue. You got people down in southern Africa. You got people, and you got Bosnians. You have the uh, the Sunnis and the Shiites. You have the North Korea, South Korea, and it's similar little demons that are working throughout the different continents. And we got to be bigger than that. We got to learn how to walk in love. And the third thing is marriages, because my marriage was tore up, but I'm telling you, God can restore and God can heal. He can He can put you with the same person, or He'll find someone else for you if you humble yourself. That's how God is, and that's that's what I, those are the three things that I want to say and tell people to be encouraged, because Christ has overcome. Surely we will overcome, and that is all. Amen. 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 Everyone, real quick, you've been listening to uh, this is Christmas Speed Talk Radio. This has been Friday Night Joy. My guest, man, I'm telling you, he, he put out some words of knowledge today, Bishop Joe Morris Spears. Amen. He's written a book called Love That Endures. In fact, he's written five books. If you go to Amazon.com, you can find out uh, the different books. But Love That Endures, amen. And basically, he has been speaking out of, out of love, amen. So we pray that it has been a blessing to you. Amen. We do have a couple of uh, announcements real quick, uh, but I do want um, uh, I still would like Bishop to, to close it out in prayer. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that we have uh, It's About in Grace broadcast with Minister Vanessa Williams is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the finished work of Reverend Pat Randall is Thursday at 12 noon. I do Friday Night Joy, which is the night of prayer. Yes, I do have friends. Thank you, Bishop. <laughs> at 7 p.m. <laughs> 
the bread of life with, 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 with myself. I do that every first and second, first and fourth Sunday, amen, at 7 p.m. I'm Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan. It's Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our monthly broadcasts are as follows. Like Lamb with Apostle Shirley Jones. It's every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bowling Beaver, Reverend Dovino Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, Minister Jordana Cunningham, amen. It's every second Saturday at 10 a.m. And this is a young a broadcast uh, that's geared towards uh, young people and uh, to the youth. And uh, they talk about different things that are the youth, uh, amen. Adoration with Evangelist Lewis and McElwain is every third Monday of the month, amen, at 7 p.m. Amen. Marriage Takeover, this is a broadcast for those that are married or have a desire to get married. Marriage Takeover, the body of one with Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson is every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Hour three, real life, real men, real talk with myself, Alston Green, Cleopas Malone, and Antonio Mitchell. It's every second Sunday. This is a broadcast, Bishop. To be um, set up just for the men. I mean, women can listen in, but men talk about men things, and uh, we, the brothers are very transparent, and uh, we talk about our relationship with Christ. So this is uh, one of our newest broadcasts. Amen. And then we have a, a, a midday glory prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. Amen. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. The dialing number is 641 715 3580. SS code is 732499. We want to encourage you to go and check out our website, WhenChristianSpeak.com. You'll find out a little bit more about us, uh, about the different um, hosts that we have on. There also is a, a, a donation page where you can sow a seed or donation. We are listed as a 501c3 company. And then we've been doing this now for six years. We have a lot of the old, older broadcasts on there. We want to encourage you also to go and listen to the different platforms like iTunes, Spreaker.com, um, Spotify, uh, um, just the name of few. There are so many. And I can't even remember. I think we have about 15 different um, platforms. And then we're being broadcast all across the world. Amen. Um, so with all of that being said, Bishop, I thank you again for, for joining us. Um, today, and um, I do want to put out that uh, we're working. I'm trying to work with him, everyone, to get him to be a regular so we can work out the details with that. Okay, Bishop, uh, I, I really enjoyed having you. Um, I think that you, you you will be a fit. I'm putting it out there now because I think you'll be a fit with us and what we're trying to do as far as ministry um, and to reach the masses all across the world. Amen. So, again, I thank you for, for coming, and we'll work out the details with that. I do want you to go ahead and close the line of prayer. Amen. Okay. Well, I appreciate you for having me on, and um, to God be the glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this this moment in time that you've given my brother and I and his, the audience that's out there. We pray that you uh, anointed those words that we both share tonight, that it had impact, and that it will follow them with the power of your Holy Spirit. And touch some pastor, touch some woman, touch some young man, young girl, and just let them know, Lord, that it's all about love. It's not about any of us. It's about love, Father God. And I pray that you bless this ministry. Expand it in what my brother's doing, Lord. Give him more grace. Just like you did, uh, you opened the, your baths, you enlarged this territory, enlarge my brother's territory, Father, for the sake of the gospel. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, everyone, you will be able to listen to the broadcast in this entirely, probably about 20 minutes uh, through Blog Talk Radio or the different media platforms that we've already spoken. So, again, Bishop, thank you so much, man. You are awesome, man. Um, I, I thank God for you and the work that God is doing. I know that he has even greater work for you. Man, you ain't, they ain't, they ain't finished yet. <laughs> they ain't finished yet. <laughs> Praise God. So, uh, for, for those that listen, thank you for listening. Please share, by all means, share the, share the broadcast, share the podcast. Amen. We pray that you have a blessed uh, I'm, I'm rest of the night. God bless you. Love you much. God bless you. God love you too, brother. Bye. All right, sir. Yeah. <laughs>